This Oklahoma State offensive line will allow the running back room to feast. But should we also maybe let the fullback room eat a little bit in honor of Julius Crossland? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things Cowboy and Cowboy-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at All Day of State. You know the spiel. There it is. Shout out to all the regulars, a.k.a. my regulators out there. You know who you are, O.T., Robert Pierce surely have something to to say today, and I appreciate it. All right, so um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fire through this one here. Um, yeah, we've talked several times about the offensive line and how we finally go too deep all across the board at virtually every single spot. Not virtually, we physically actually do. And you know, recently. We've had a lot of issues with the offensive line. And what that allows is different conversations to happen in regards to lack of productivity because of injuries or because of depth or because of this quarterback or because of that quarterback and this quarterback's not ready and this running back can't find a hole. So having a good old line obviously is, is massively beneficial, especially when you're trying to get some new guys acclimated uh, to what you're trying to get accomplished. Under Joe Wickline, Oklahoma State's offensive line was pretty good. But if we reach back and remember, when he left Oklahoma State, it wasn't on great terms. He was neglecting his role in recruiting. Maybe, maybe he got complacent. Maybe he had one foot out the door. Who knows? Who really cares? But ever since then, we've been trying to piece this thing together. And you all know my frustration with Charlie Dickey. He was, uh, he was asked to do some things that he wasn't very familiar with, right? This is, you know, the spread style is not his cup of tea. But now, now that we're back to the style that we're at right now, it is very important to not underestimate what it means this year to have people back, right? And if you if you go back and, you know, you think of it from just an analytical perspective, statistically speaking, we have a lot, we have a lot to take care of, right? I mean, we all watched it. Yeah, of course, I got beat up. Right. But we have enough seniority now. We have enough experience now to go along with some of the youth and some of the talent that it should be a good year. Right. Like Preston Wilson, he had some hip problems. He had some back problems. He's good to go now. 
Joe Mikulski had some ankle prop problems and had to have his feet braced. Matter of fact, he had both of his feet braced while playing in Bedlam. So just from a 2D perspective, we're going to be better. And I do think that the talent in the running game, in the running back room specifically, is going to uh, help the offensive line statistically, right? Now, we know what Preston Wilson offers, his leadership, accountability, discipline, versatility. Joe Bukulski has paid his, his dues. He's put in his time. Jake Springfield uh, looks to secure a really good spot over there at tackle, opposite of, obviously, Dalton Cooper, the transfer who came in, who allowed only seven sacks and 1,383-some-odd plays. Taylor Materko. He has been somebody who's been shuffled around over and over and over, right, all across his time here at Oklahoma State. But that's just scratching the surface, guys. That's not even talking about Austin, Austin Quecky, who we saw play as a freshman, right? He was a tackle. He's been moved inside. But, you know, we have guys like Jake Henry, a redshirt junior now, 6'4", almost 300 pounds. A local guy from Tulsa. Could he come in and spell? Absolutely. This is Drake, Jake Springfield's time to shine at tackle, and he's going to get that opportunity. Uh, we've, we've already talked about the versatility of Joe Mikulski. And him, you know, kind of maintaining and staying over that 300-yard mark is important. Uh, we won't even know exactly what we have in Taylor Materko except for the versatility. Cole Birmingham. He has solidified his spot on the team as not only a leader, but somebody who can help explain this stuff for Coach Dickey. And again, the simplification process that we've gone through is going to make this season a lot easier on the eyes. And then you got somebody like Jack and Dean, 6'6", 297, almost 300-pound true freshman that was pushing so well as part of the reason why Caleb Etienne decided to bounce. Jason Queso Brooks. Scored as the best lineman statistically interior last season. I don't see a lot changing this season, except for the fact that, you know, he's going up against people who have a little bit more of an understanding of what needs to be done, except maybe this new offense allows some other people to kind of shake out like a Calvin Har Harvey. You can't teach 68350. Now, just like we saw with Caleb Etienne, it doesn't always translate, but it could, and so far looks good. Jacoby Sanders is not only pushing for playing time, he very well may end up being the starting center by the end of the year simply because of his ability to take on guys like Justin Kirkland and Colin Clay. I think the transfer from UNLV, Noah McKinney, you know, he's got to kind of get used to the system, get used to the body by glass and, and what we expect him to do at Oklahoma State. But as long as he does that, he's going to be somebody that we see on the field a, a very, 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 very significant amount of time, along with Davis Dawson, right? Y'all remember him? Six foot six, 302-pound dude from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Originally went to TCU and, you know, wanted to come back home. He wanted to be at home. I, he physically was already here. But and that's not even taken into account some of the other freshmen that, that we do have available. It's going to be a good year. We know it's going to be a good year. A lot of people don't anticipate it being one, but but we get it. 
You want to know what else we get, ladies and gentlemen? You know I gotta go with FanDuel here. It is a num- number one sportsbook betting partner in the country for a reason. This is baseball time. This is full swing. This is your time to capitalize. If you bet twenty dollars right now, we're gonna give you two hundred dollars back in bonus bets, win or lose. Right? That's a little bit of a different, uh, different style of situation we have going for you. So. Bet on money lines, bet on over-unders, bet on home runs, bet on doubles, triples, whatever you, you want to dig into. That's the beauty of baseball is it gives you a lot of things to, to play with. Go to the go to fandle.com slash locked on right now to get yourself hooked up. Again, that is fandle.com slash locked on to get this $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. Go there now. Have some fun. Right? There's a reason that they're number one. And of course the app that you can download is super safe, secure, and easy to use. One more time. That is Fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle, it's the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. Uh, as you can see, we're gonna roll into kind of um yeah a two-parter here. We have had conversations because we know for a fact that Brayden Cassidy is, in fact, getting carries in practice. And they're productive, or he wouldn't continue to get them. Matter of fact, we have found out, I guess, throughout this spring, that this is maybe Brayden Cassidy's right position. Maybe defensive end wasn't the exact right spot. Maybe tied it wasn't even the exact right spot, right, or cowboy back. But now we're seeing him in the fullback role. And he's just way too talented to not get the rock, at least a little bit, whether it be, you know, wheel routes out of the backfield. We're fine with that. That'll catch people off guard. Or if he's going to slam down the two-hole, we're cool with that. Heck, you want to kick it out to the other side, go to the five-hole, I think we could probably live with that as well. You want to throw in some diamond formation, maybe throw in some Schultze action, we're cool with that too. And the, the beauty of the fullback position is it can kind of go hand-in-hand hand with you know what you have in front of them, the offensive line. So, again, if this depth is able to show out throughout the course of the season – the running back room is already pretty good, right? Depth, we might be taking a little bit of a hit recently, obviously with DeAndre Jackson no longer no longer being there because of injury. And I actually I, I don't know what happened to the baby, baby Buckler that transferred in from Arkansas. Because when I looked at the roster this morning, he wasn't on. So that puts a, puts a lot on the incoming freshman to be ready, even though uh, the three-headed monster is going to be ridiculous to watch. It's going to be fun to watch between Elijah Collins and Ollie Gordon and, of course, Jade Nixon. Will Sessi be able to carve out a little bit of role as a freshman? We'll see. But from a fullback position, this season we are going to see Brayden Cassidy do some stuff. And with the recent tragic news of a Cowboy great, passing away tragically and suddenly from what it appears to be some sort of a, a, a heart attack, but it hasn't been confirmed. Obviously, our hearts and our prayers go out to Julius Crossland, his family, at 39 years old. That's just too young to go. 
right? It's too young to go. And he was a cowboy in college. He was a cowboy in the NFL. He will be remembered forever as a cowboy, which again is why we're highlighting this fullback conversation. Now, uh, I, I want to say it was, it might have been 05. Yeah, I think it was 05 that he had like 245 yards rushing, 275 yards rushing. Now, is Braden Cassidy going to do that? Probably not. But he's good enough to at least eclipse the 200-yard mark. And so I would love to see nothing more than that accomplished this season in honor of Julius Crossland. Now, if you go back and look at the, the old film, he was impressive. He was the definition, as Pat Mackey would say, he's a dog. He's an absolute dog. And there's obviously a very good reason why he had some time in the NFL. He was only 5'11", 5'11", 240, 250. But, you know, he wasn't, he was, he was the, the fullback that you think of that is, you know, is going to get the ball on short yard situations occasionally, right? A lot of places have gotten gone away with that. A lot of places bring in, you know, 11, 12 personnel, have some sort of jumbo, jumbo packaging. But this is going to be a little bit different. Brandon Cassidy is going to be asked to do your traditional fullback style of role, right? Three-point technique, hand in the dirt, come off the snap, blast through a hole, open one up, get to the second level, or help your lineman get to the second level. These are the responsibilities that Brandon Cassidy is going to have that he can flourish. So I do implore everybody out there, Go back, look at some 05, 07 type of film and, and, and watch. Watch number 32 go to work. It was impressive. A lot of us remember Brian Ward, also very impressive. A lot of us remember a guy we've had on the show, Kai Staley, extremely impressive. So we've had a run, right? Historically, we've had some fullbacks that have been very, very productive and successful in Stoner, Oklahoma. Braden Cassidy should just be next in line the natural transition that he was able to make from quote-unquote tight end slash cowboy back to now being a traditional fullback has been seamless. Again, it's like this is his natural spot. This is where he should have been playing all, maybe all of his career. Who knows what kind of fullback he'd be right now if he'd been doing this for a long time. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just you hate to see a great go. You hate to see a great go at such a young age. And you know, I he I know he owned his own IT company there there for a while. And so the cerebral side of the game was never an issue for him. The physicality side of the game was never an issue for him. Uh sure, uh, you could say that ideally he would be six one, six two, right? But he wasn't. And that's partially why we were able to reel him in to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to be part of what we had going. And he, he, again, he was an integral part, an integral part of what we were working with. So, again, rest in peace, brother. Everybody in Cowboy Nations, going to miss you. We appreciated the ride that you did give us. We appreciated all the effort that you put forth 
to go to the NFL and, and be a cowboy and represent the right way. So, yeah. A lot of gratitude there. Uh, and then, uh, as you can see, the last one on the ticker is uh, new rivals. So if you see uh, what's scrolling out the bottom of the screen, it, it basically says, should the next rival for us after Bedlam naturally be Reckham Taco Tech? I mean, I think so. There's so many similarities between the universities, and there's a, you know, obviously a joke that always goes around in regards to who's Xerox, Xerox copy you, right? It is fun, the banter back and forth of Texas Tech trying to pretend that, that we stole stuff from them, but it does make it kind of fun. Now, the throwing of the batteries and the throwing of the tortillas, if, if they could stop that, that would be that would be great. But I want y'all's opinions. Obviously, hammer down in the comment section. Guys, like it if you like it. Dislike it if you don't like it. And uh, share it, comment, all that fun jazz. So, um, uh, like I said, we're going to fire away here. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, I am not in a condition uh, at the moment to do a live episode. So, um, I'll have to postpone that for a little bit. But, but yeah, is... Reckham Taco Tech, the natural rival. Mascots, pretty similar. They're both running around shooting guns. You know, the outsider looking in type of thing that we've always had to do. We've always had to be that. And Joey McGuire has Texas Tech cruising. Texas Tech might be our biggest competition in recruiting especially, you know, for that that area of Texas. His relationships in the state of Texas are going to make things interesting. Um, yeah, was, uh, I will give another heads up. Apologies for not, you know, being as animated and wild as usual. I um, took a baseball underneath my jaw. Um, it sucks. It sucks. But we're about to leave for Louisiana. For the World Series, 18-hour, 17-hour drive. And I ain't got time to be messing with no dentist. So hopefully uh, hopefully we can just, you know, rock and roll through this thing here. But the argument could potentially be made that uh, UCF could be a rival with as much as they're already talking. I know some of it's tongue-in-cheek, of course. They don't know what it's like yet to be in a conference like this to where you have to show up ready for war, ready for battle every single game. There is no day off. There is no night off. There is no get right game per se in the Big 12 because even if you look at the bottom half or specifically if you just looked at the last like three, four teams traditionally – in all of the, the, the voting we've seen thus far, I mean, you take your pick, but it's a, it's a Cincinnati, it's a West Virginia, it's a Houston. I don't know why BYU is projected low by a lot of people. Iowa State should be down that low, right? But even when you look down that list, none of those, none of them are automatic Ws. You could lose to every single one of those teams. Anybody at the top, 
could lose to any one of those at the bottom on any given Saturday. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. It it is what this new Big 12 has become, the new Big 12 that we should be the leader of. There is no trophies for having the most wins next to OU. Right? We know that. But we also know we're not real far off. As long as we can capitalize, you know, that's the key. If we capitalize, we're fine. If we don't capitalize, we could potentially go so far backwards that our head's going to start spinning. I don't see Texas Tech slowing down anytime soon, especially in the recruiting realm, unless they just completely face plant this year, which is possible. But they have some quality, quality QBs. I would put their number one and number two combo probably first place, maybe second place in the Big 12 as far as quarterback duos. I would put Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean up there as well, right? I would put Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy up there as well. I, I'm i a massive believer in Garrett Rangel. I think film says a lot. So go ahead, Mr. Pierce, fire down in the comment section. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's kind of a sad Sad day uh, with Julius Crossley, right? That that news hurts. But let me know, uh, who, who do you think could be a new rival? I've heard K-State. Um, I get it. I agree. I just think K-State's too daggone nice. I think there's too much mutual respect between Manhattan and Stillwater for it to ever get too dicey. I mean, there's a lot of respect, I think, in Lubbock as well, but – just the way they conduct themselves, let's face it, they're wild. They're not the um, most hospitable individuals in the world, right? They don't open, uh, they don't open the, the floodgates of positivity for you. They make life difficult. They do some wild stuff. They travel pretty good. Um, they don't really know how to fight well. That's kind of an odd one. I'm sure you guys have seen that, that clip out there, that video of their, like, 35 Texas Tech dudes beat up one Texas fan. It took 35 Tech fans to beat up one Texas fan. Are we are we joking right now? So they might be our, our rival, but they don't want to smoke. They don't. They can't catch the hands unless there's 34 other dudes to help them. So to me, it, it's just it's Tech. It is Tech, and I love it that way. And we're not Texas, so we roll a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. I don't think thirty-five to one is going to be happening anytime soon. It'd be the same UCF. I say I don't see how they could be much a rival because it would take thirty-five dudes to beat up one person. It is what it is. I calls them like I see them. All right, y'all. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to go live. Um, appreciate y'all hanging in tight on on this one. And, yeah, yeah, until next time, I appreciate y'all. I love you. God bless. Go Pokes.
And uh, of course, thank you very, very much for tuning in today to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. I do know that you can go multiple places. And uh, we are very appreciative that you choose to stop in here to get your daily dose. All righty, y'all. Later, taters.